Thank you for tuning into Art to Heart, where we delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. I'm your host, Mandy Kolkman. This podcast sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans that bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Discover tips on being your most creative self and hear about upcoming events in the arts community. Today, my guest is Fernando Tarango. Fernando is a singer, songwriter, producer, composer, and actor. He's extremely talented, and I think he has some big news to share with Fort Wayne at the end of the podcast, which we can't wait to hear. Welcome, Fernando. Hey! Hey! (laughs) Fernando is a part of the hit local group, Fernando Tarango and the Wickersham Brothers. I am honored to say that I am part of the Wickersham fam, or I should say hashtag Wickersham fam, (laughs) as is my husband. And for those of you who are not familiar with the band, uh, Fernando, would you mind sharing more about the group and the genre of music that you play? It's definitely an eclectic mix or, you know, fusion of uh, Americana, jazz, roots, rock, just a big, big variety, you know, and, and we use as broad of terms as we can just to be able to catch any <laughs> any form of music that just sort of keeps people engaged mm-hmm. and we prioritize the overall feeling of the show versus the genre, mm. if that makes sense. Yes. And who are the other members of the band? We got Kale Reese on bass. We've got Brad Crossland on drums, Logan Weber on saxophone, John Foxworthy on congas and ox percussion, and Gary Toth on electric guitar. Oh, wow. It's a big group. (laughs) It is a big group. When the album was released a while back at Wunderkammer, I was lucky enough to be a part of the celebration. Fernando Tarango and the Wickersham Brothers played live, and myself and another dancer with Dance Contemporary were there to dance to a few of the songs on the new album. I know that was a really exciting experience for me. What was releasing an album like for you guys? That particular release party was pretty exciting because uh, I feel like that's one thing that Fort Wayne is missing a little bit of, you know, more of a mix of genres and styles and, you know, creating a variety show around the release of an album I thought was more of what I have of a vision of, you know, performances going going forward. I think I love many genres of music, but I don't want to hear three hours of it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, going to a two-hour show and being able to be exposed to a classical guitarist, uh, a pianist, a xylophonist, dancers and choreography, and for me, that's a lot more entertaining. Definitely. What was your creative process like to put together the album? Did you all work together? I have a collection of songs that I've written over the time, you know, hundreds and hundreds of songs, and I'd bring them in. You know, the Wickersham Brothers started out with Kale, the bassist, and I'd bring in these mm-hmm. songs, and he'd be like, all right, that's a cool song, let's work on that one. And we come up with some changes, and as we grew, the number of voices grew, and we had more mm-hmm. potential for different arrangements and different ideas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had a number of tunes, but we selected five tunes that we thought had a, a good span of the kind of music we do, and, mm-hmm. you know, practiced a lot, and yeah. brought that into the studio. Wow. And you guys aren't just... Fort Wayne famous, you were featured on an Old Spice commercial, too. And that's not something every band gets to do. Can you tell us how that came about? Yeah, so when I first moved to town, I met up with Troy Cove and Matt McCrory over at ResFX Productions. Mm. And they've done some good work for commercials internationally for UPS, Volkswagen, all these major brands. And 
when I first met them, I could tell that they were, you know, they were driven and they were making things happen. So I stuck close and tried to help them out however I could. And mm-hmm. I knew opportunities would come my way. And from that, you know, I've been in a Southern Comfort commercial. And, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that was, you know, I had friends call me from all over the U.S. and, you know, who'd seen me in the commercial. And, uh-huh. and then this commercial opportunity came up for Old Spice where, you know, they're looking for testimonials from uh, people who might use Old Spice, uh, the soap. <laughs> and they pitched me as the artist singing just sing yeah and procter and gamble thought okay that sounds great go ahead make a commercial about that and that'll be that how awesome you perform all over the place including indianapolis is there a particular venue or event that stands out to you the most important thing is how you feel you play with your group Mm. Yeah, you know, and that can really determine the joy or the satisfaction that you get from a particular gig. But, you know, to sort of shout out to you here, I think the the Fillmore is one of the the spots that we haven't played here with Wickersham, but I played here with, you know, for the Children's Choir. Right. And just the level of intimacy here with the the intimate size. It's large Mm -hmm. enough to have a good party feel, Mm -hmm. but intimate enough where you feel connected to everyone. I think that's sort of what I look for in a venue. Right. This uh, sounds like this might need to happen for 2016 to get Fernando Trango and the Wickersham Brothers in the film or on Broadway. I think we'd be down. I know. So we, we've definitely got to work on that. So we've talked a lot about the band, but you also have the ability to perform as a soloist. And we we're kind of talking about the Fort Wayne Children's Choir, and I believe you trained with them growing up. Can you share with us how you've honed in on your vocal skills over the years? Well, I've sung in the choir since I was five years old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Young. so pretty much been in a choir every year of my life until I moved back to, uh, I guess, until just a number of years ago. Mm. So in fourth grade, when I moved here to Indiana, I joined the Fort Wayne Children's Choir and was there for a year, then went to the American Boy Choir School, to boarding school that housed a professional boy choir, essentially. Mm. You know, we lived there and worked there. And then I came back to Bishop Bluers here for high school. And the one of the cool things and difficult things about a male voice is that your voice changes. Mm. You know, so whatever skill set with your particular instrument you built, you lose that. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, you can hold on to your your musicianship and your musicality. Yeah. That you learn at an early age, and I, I'm coming to realize how important that that experience has been for me and just musical phrasing, essentially. From there, I went to University of Michigan and studied classical voice at the School of Music there, vocal performance, classical tenor art songs, Mm -hmm. and I was a professional vocalist out in uh, San Francisco Bay Area, working for some professional choirs and ensembles out there. And it's constant experimentation, you know, Mm -hmm. learning what your voice can do, but, you know, and just just studying songs and trying to learn them and trying to figure out over and over how can I sing this song Mm -hmm. and knowing what's healthy and what feels good and what doesn't feel good and staying true to that. And I've heard you give fantastic singing lessons, I actually know from experience, and guitar lessons. What important message do you share with your students about their art form, whether it be playing a musical instrument or singing? The most important thing, I think, especially vocally, is that your voice is an instrument. And you play with your instrument just like you would play with the guitar, you know, and you keep working with it and experimenting with it and find out you know, what sounds good, what feels good. Now, there are certain things that you can do that are going to increase its efficiency and increase your ability to to do certain things. But the most important thing is, are you communicating what you're trying to communicate? And that's more important than the knowledge or know-how. Right. You just mentioned communicating. Do you talk with your students about sharing their emotions through their art form? 
Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the harder things to teach sometimes, Mm -hmm. because I think the art of teaching is trying to get your voice to be more vulnerable so it can be more open to the emotions that exist within the music and within the performance. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you honestly have an emotion that you feel in the song, but you're held back by the technique or your inability, you know, you're concentrating more on the technique of operating versus just letting out what you feel. Right. So a lot of lessons is just opening up to the point where you're vocally vulnerable to your creative and emotive process. What do you say to those people who say, I can't sing? I don't remember what book I read, but it was talking about a musicologist who went to some village somewhere and they asked him to share music from where he's from. Mm -hmm. And he said that I can't sing. And to them, it was just a culture shock of, well, if you can speak, you can sing. Just like if you have legs, you can walk. Mm -hmm. The problem is that here in Western civilization, we prescribe that singing is supposed to be done by professionals, Mm -hmm. or you're only supposed to do it if you're good and can can compete on The Voice or American Mm -hmm. Idol. That's the only reason why you should be singing, versus singing isn't necessarily supposed to be good. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Singing is just merely expressing yourself with your voice. So, yeah, maybe you can't sing well enough that's going to please... (laughs) <laughs> 100,000 listeners and yeah. make them fall asleep. But if you're expressing something and using your voice, you're singing. I like that. You've done a really great job of making music your career. It is evident when you perform how much you love it. And I have to tell you, you have sick dance moves on stage, and that's coming from a dancer. Thank you. But it can't be easy trying to support a family and being an artist. Uh, What is your drive? What makes you stick to what you do and make this career work for you? You know, it's tough. That's a tough question. You know, right now it's very hard to hold on to that drive. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, being an artist, you know, you're comfortable making the sacrifices you have to make for your art. Mm-hmm. Now I'm realizing <laughs> until <laughs> right. there are more of you, <laughs> right? Exactly, and it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, and I'm in a completely new space. Yeah, so it is. You know, it's my drive. I think is that there's something out there that I'm still supposed to achieve. Mm. I don't know what that is yet. And right now, my priority is my family and sustainability, mm-hmm. and that's my art form right now. Yeah, and. Coming from an outsider, I've seen how many people that you've touched with your music, and so I'm glad you do what you do. Appreciate it. In one of your songs, the main lyrics are, I'll just sing, I'll just sing, I'll just sing for you. What does singing mean to you? Is it a gift, a pastime, a necessity for you? What are your thoughts on that? That is a really hard question. You know, it's hard to do without getting teary-eyed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is maybe a necessity or everything. Oh, yeah. For me, it's as essential as breathing. Yeah. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> He's not crying, guys. He's just teary-eyed. No, it's fine. But yeah, I'm it's... teary-eyed, too, now. Because oh. so. I guess I, I kind of feel that way about dance. I dance more than I walk, I think. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> when you're walking, you know, you might be thinking of, you know, thinking of a dance move or thinking how <laughs> no. something can be. You know, it's yeah. tasty there. It's, I don't know. What else is there? <laughs> <laughs> what would we do without our craft? Well, Fernando has a little one. His name is Soul, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you think that music will be a part of his life? Is it already a part of his life? It's really cool to watch. Oh, it's, yeah? It's very much a part of life. He plays guitar. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, How old is he? He's two. 
He's and too like, and he plays guitar? I mean, it's mostly atonal stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe the way I play guitar. Exactly, right. <laughs> yeah. But um, he's just really drawn to it. You know, I mean, he's been exposed to piano. We have a piano at home. He's definitely been exposed to singing. Oh, wow. You know, he's been exposed to drums. And um, he just gravitates towards the guitar. And seeing that, seeing someone gravitate towards a language that, that you understand, mm-hmm. it's exciting. Mm-hmm. But I also, I'm very afraid of pushing him in any direction. Right. You know. Yeah. So I try to observe as much as possible and encourage mm-hmm. where appropriate. And right. Know, sometimes we like just sitting and playing guitar together, which is pretty Aww, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty that's great. Now, I recently saw you at a Fort Wayne Dance Collective outreach meeting. And I um, was wondering, though, what kind of outreach do you do? I know um, you do a lot for the community. And um, I don't know if people know exactly how much you do do for the community. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I think any artist working in, in the mm-hmm. arts, certainly here in, in Fort Wayne, you know, is doing outreach mm-hmm. by whatever they're doing. Because it's very rare to find someone that is getting paid for all the time and mm-hmm. effort and talent that they brought to the table. Mm-hmm. But I've done a lot of work. I've you know, I've worked with, I think, every major artistic organization here, you know, between Heartland, the Philharmonic, the Ballet, the Fort Wayne Children's Choir, the Museum. Uh, worked for Parkview Healing Arts mm-hmm. through, through the Fort Wayne Dance Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the, the things that I think Fort Wayne will see when it can finally sustain more fully professional artists mm-hmm. who are professional artists, you know, not a day job and just doing art in the mm-hmm. evening. Uh, when they can fund more of that, they'll see how many people professional artists can touch because they're not bound by the nine to five. Right. Yeah. How long do you think that will take for Fort Wayne? Do you see us moving in the right direction? Yeah, there's definitely movement in the right direction. You know, and coming back, it's slower than I would have imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier once you see all the pieces. You just see how easily things can fall into place and to be patiently waiting for that, you know, while you're still trying to make your career <laughs> can be frustrating. And I would say, you know, I imagine within 10 years, we'll be it's much closer to the Fort Wayne that I had envisioned okay. of, you know, having a large enough mass downtown when you're doing something that's that's noteworthy. There's more of an ability to build buzz. There's mm-hmm. more people coming into town from different places. Right. More chance for, you know, the synergistic elements of different artists collaborating and working with each other and, you know, essentially more people helping you and supporting your work. Yeah. I look forward to that time. Yeah. Now, you have exciting news that we have waited to hear. Are you ready to share it with us? Sure. Yeah. My family, we will be going to New Zealand for six months from January to July. And my wife is a social impact consultant. and She's mm-hmm. working for a very large firm out there. Or not necessarily large in numbers, but a pretty progressive mm-hmm. It's a big deal, this firm that she's working with. I'm very excited for the work she's going to do. She's pretty talented. And fortunately for me, it's in Wellington, New Zealand, which is where she lived for five years. And it has an amazing art scene. Oh, great. A great place for professional musicians and creative artists. And it had transformed its branding through the arts mm. and creativity to be more of a draw and to rebrand itself. Mm-hmm very similar to what Fort Wayne is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of models that exist there. Uh, my particular interest is they have infrastructure set up for supporting independent music as an export good. 
It's amazing. Right. So, (laughs) you know, they're really invested in exporting New Zealand music. Yeah. And I want to look at that because in coming back to Fort Wayne, that was one of my particular interests. And, you know, how do we set things up so that there's an infrastructure of plausibility for independent artists here? Because there's a lot of potential. Wow. Well, that's just going to be incredible. And uh, when should we expect your return? So we'll be back in July. Okay. You know, while I'm away, I'll be in touch and make sure I'm looking on my calendar for July through December because, you know, it'll be here, you know, for just a limited time during that year. So try to pack it all in. I'm sure you'll be busy. Make sure uh, everybody who wants to see me can get that chance. And where can we find you on social media and how can we download your music? On Facebook, social media, my website's fernandotarango.com, and you can sign up from an email list there. And, you know, from there, there are links to the recordings that I have for sale online, and you can stream on Spotify and all that good stuff. Oh, great. And do you have any upcoming performances in Fort Wayne before you leave? Um, I haven't, you know, organized sort of my little final last hurrah, which um, <laughs> will probably be towards the end of December. Well, great. Well, it was a pleasure having you here this afternoon, and I learned a little bit more about you, which I always enjoy doing, and I hope our listeners learned a little bit more about you, and I know we all wish you luck on your big adventure, and we look forward to checking you out when you return. And to finish off today's episode, I'd like to read you a favorite quote of Fernando's from Spanish cellist Pablo Casals. Music must serve a purpose. It must be a part of something larger than itself. And that, indeed, is at the core of my argument with music of today, its lack of humanity. A musician is also a man, and more important than his music is his attitude towards life. Nor can the two be separated. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.